Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode five of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis, joined as always by Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. Uh, Sarah is going to, I guess, launch our topic today, which is something that I've actually gotten a lot of questions about on the Happiest Home blog um, and have just not written about as much as I would like, and that is uh, manners, specifically how we teach manners to our kids, what's important to us when it comes to manners. Like, What are manners uh, in 2015? So Sarah, take it away. Yeah, I'm super excited about this, mostly because I know that it's a topic you've thought about. And I think at one point you were kind of thinking about writing a blog series about it. And then we got into like some other projects. So mostly I'm excited because I have no idea what you're going to say. Oh, goodness. And and I'm just excited because I think it's a really good topic. And you haven't really written about it. No, I haven't. Um, And so I'm going to mostly like put you on the hot seat, but I'm sure I'll find a few ways to weigh in myself. (laughs) But also your kids are older than mind. So I think yeah. a lot of the things we're going to discuss, um, you'll just have a broader perspective on. Um, so yeah. Okay. So I'm going to dive in. Um, so what do you think are some basic manners that you have done a good job of teaching your kids? Everything from the pleases and thank yous, like what are some, what are some things in your house more specifically that are sort of non-negotiables, whether the kid is five or 15? Well, okay. So I want to back up really quick. Yeah, I figured you'd want to. I'm going to take the broad view. You know how I am. The broad view here. Okay. So I just want to say before I became a mom, I was totally convinced that I would be one of those parents who would raise like super polite kids. And when I say polite, I mean all the the little niceties that I grew up with my mom teaching me. Like we had to always, every time we got anything from a relative, even if it was handed to us in person and we said thank you at the time. We were then required to sit down at the table and write a thank you note. And I remember having my little stationery with these little bear stickers. And then I would, you know, write the letters and address the letters and put the little stationery sticker on it and address it and all that. I mean, I was very much a part of the process um, all the way to table manners and things like that. And I, I don't want to say I fell down on the job because I think my kids are still pretty polite. But there's just certain things that I feel like fell by the wayside. And I'm not sure if it's because I'm just we're living in a more a less formal time period than when my mom came of age. So what she passed down to me um, was maybe already getting a little antiquated by the 80s. You know, she became a mom in in the 60s. Um, And things changed a lot between the 60s and the 80s. And and I'm not sure if it's just because nobody around me was doing those things (laughs) or what. So or maybe I just had too dang many kids. I don't know. Um, (laughs) So I will talk about the non-negotiables, but I also kind of want to talk about some of the things I don't do. Yeah. No, I think we'll definitely get into that too because I have some of those too. Yeah. Okay, so the non-negotiables in our house, I guess, you know, I read someplace a few years ago, and I don't remember where this was, but I will try to dig it up. I will try for the show notes. I'm not sure that I can um, promise that. Is an article that sort of distinguished the difference between etiquette and manners. 
Oh, okay. And right. it's sort of point was that etiquette is like what you learn about in Emily Post. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a rule book. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's quite, um, intensely detailed at times. Mm-hmm. Hardly anyone I know actually knows all the rules right. or would follow them if they did. Right. And the, the point of this author was that manners are a different thing. Manners are a way of treating people. Um, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I do too. And when I read it like that in black, I had never really thought about it, but when I read it in black and white like that, it made so much sense to me. So, I would say the non-negotiables in our home that have to do with manners are the way we treat each other. Yes. And that means we ask, we don't demand yes. things of each other. Um, yes. Even me, even though when mm-hmm. I phrase something with a nice please and thank you, mm-hmm. it's still really a demand. I feel like it really sets the tone for my household the way I ask or I, I set that request out. Um, even well, if sure, it's not because it doesn't, mean that it's, it doesn't mean that it's negotiable. <laughs> right. Like you're not saying, would you like to take a bath, right? Because right. we've, all, we've all accidentally done that and they're like, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, nope, I'm not really interested. No, and, but you yeah. can still say with courtesy. I love that word courtesy too. I think courtesy is another, when you're distinguishing etiquette versus manners, like treating someone with courtesy yes. is sort of like, like what you're saying. It's the way you treat someone. It's not just following a rule book. And right. I think you can be courteous even to the people who are around you all the time. Yeah. Um, when you say, can you please put your shoes away? It's yeah. not negotiable, yeah. but it is still, you know, courteous. Yes, absolutely. And, and so for me, things are often phrased in a, I need you to please, you know, and mm-hmm. so it's, you know, I, it's my need. I really yes. need you to do this. Um, I'm going to put a please on the end because I want to acknowledge that you're a human being with your own thoughts and feelings about this. However, right. Right. <laughs> I still need for this to get done. So that's that's one of the things. Sorry, I got my dog barking crazy in the background. Um, All good. So another one is the way the kids treat each other. And mm-hmm. they're not allowed to name call. That's mm-hmm. always been a big thing. And that was definitely a thing that was passed down from my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You're not allowed to – there's certain words that are just off limits. And, and it's not even the words themselves. It's a tone – Yes, absolutely. With which they're used. Yes. Um, so those kinds of things in our house. Another thing I think is a sign of manners, although I'm not sure if it's a sign of etiquette, is that we can be very um, accommodating of other people in a way that even sometimes if another family or person breaches etiquette, which I know I probably do all the time, um, I still want to accommodate those people. So a perfect mm-hmm. example is I know people get really grumpy about people not RSVPing to parties. I get it mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. happened to me a million times. And yet I feel like if that happened, it's my job. Like if someone shows up at a party I didn't expect, right. it's still my job to treat them just like I would treat anybody right. else who showed up and right. to have maybe even to plan ahead for that right. probability. Right. Um, because it's just making people, you know, you never know what's going on in someone else's life yep. and making someone else feel welcomed and accepted and, and, and like, like I want them there just as much, as much as I want anyone else there, I feel like is a big part of manners. I love that. Or, or another kind of extension of that is, uh, treating somebody with courtesy who has been rude to you. That's a, that's one that, um, so we have, (laughs) I'm already have a side story. We have a, a library, the people at our public library, I have to say are very rude. And I don't know if it's, um, that they're just grumpy government employees in a relatively small town suburb, but, um, there's one man in particular who treats basically every kid as if they are like a nuisance in the children's section of the public library for right. children. And I have, I've that's like a little bit of before. a trigger for me is people assuming that your kids are rowdy before they've been rowdy. Do you right. know what I mean? Yes. Oh, like totally. it's one thing to get the side eye if your kids are running around screaming in the library, but if you've done a pretty good job of of having your kids be well behaved in a library within reasonable expectations, then for some reason it like it just it's a trigger for me for that someone should treat them like they're doing something wrong. Right. And um I have like been so close to wanting to just be rude to this guy back because he's and he's like this to everybody. And we had a good conversation about that, about you know, being kind to people even when they aren't kind to you. And I don't mean like full on abuse or bullying, but when, when somebody has not found it to be polite or courteous to you, that you can still extend basic courtesy to them. So I think that might kind of, is that kind of related to what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, it all, it's, it's being treated the way you'd want to be treated even when someone's not (laughs) reciprocating or treating you in that way. And I, I do think that that's a big part of manners. Um, I think some of the rule book stuff is set up to give us a, a guideline or mm-hmm. just so we all kind of know what's expected because I do think that that makes life a little easier for everyone sure. sometimes. 
But it is easy to get caught in those rules. And life is changing really fast. Yep. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keeps pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Um, so here's an example. The other day, William told me he's never mailed a letter before. And I, he's 11 years old. And I was horrified because by the time I was, you know, six, I had been addressing letters and yeah. taking them to the mailbox with my mom. And um, it's not that he's never written a letter. It's just right. it's so much more rare in our house that a letter, a physical right. letter is written that right. it's. I don't even always have stamps on hand. I might have to take it from him and go find an envelope. So I've always handled that process. And for, I felt really guilty about that. And then I thought, well, you know, but we communicate so much more informally. Um, Party invitations are in hand or online and what, and thank you notes are often just handed out in person. Um, We're not as big of sticklers about thank you notes, especially if it's a gift that was given in person. Right. And there was a thank you given or a phone. Thank you that often we do it over the phone. Um, things are becoming, I guess, a little less formal. And in a way I want to be nostalgic and say, oh, I wish we were back to the times when everything had to be done through the postal system. And, but that's, it's not real. And I, I don't know that I actually would want that. Right. I would like to write more, handwrite more letters. Not that that's necessarily etiquette, but it just seems like one of those right. nice things. Yeah. It's falling by the wayside, but at the same time, I want it to be kind of on my own terms. Right. And so that's something I've like willingly sort of just let slip without even I, really noticing it. I agree. And I think if we go back to like teaching kids, I think if, if you had to choose, then teaching basic courtesy, like we're talking about, is a little more relevant. Yes. It's timeless, right? Mm-hmm. Treating yeah. people with courtesy is timeless, whereas some of these other things, like you say, are in and out of fashion. And it doesn't mean that it's not something to strive for, but if you're going to have your kind of baseline knowledge, it seems like it's more applicable to kind of know how to interact in social situations and how to treat people and all of that rather than some of the other rules. Yeah. Um, So so I I do actually, I do have a couple of other ones (laughs) that I thought of while you were talking. So, you know, it's so funny how the things that were really big for us growing up or our parents growing up, some of those just really do stay with you. So sometimes when something's a big deal to me and I look around, it doesn't seem to be a big deal to another parent. I think it must be because of 
what my mom, um, our dad really believed and really taught us. But so I was just thinking about, you know, the whole, the whole, um, RSVPing thing, which I know is a super hot topic. And I guess all I want to say about that is I totally think that we should all be RSVPing. And I also believe that we're all human and everybody gets a lot of invitations and a lot of expectations and details. And sometimes things slip. And I hope I try to be the kind of person who allows for that. That's all I'll say about that because I know (laughs) it's not something that I, I really want to get into controversy about. Um, because it is very, it's one of those things people get really super irate about. But one thing that kind of relates to that, I do think, is some, and something that definitely is a big deal in my house, is that if you've made a commitment to somebody, mm-hmm. you're in. And so mm-hmm. if you've said you're going to be there, you're going to mm-hmm. be there. And that, I, you know, whether it's showing up for a practice or you mm-hmm. told your friend you were going to their house, you mm-hmm. can get a better offer. That doesn't mean you get to bail. Oh, I like that. On the first friend. I like Um, that. My kids aren't making their own social plans as much yet, so I I don't think – but that I really like that. That's great. So that's one thing. And and related to the friends thing, I thought of something else um, that, oh, my gosh, is a huge trigger for me is when – now, this is something that – I don't know if it's a kid's personality thing or how they're raised, but my mom used to hate it when my friends would come over and I would ask if – if like they could spend the night or whatever, my mom mm-hmm. would say no. And then my friend would be sitting there like going, well, ask her like blah, blah, blah. Like, oh. you know what I mean? Trying to sort of, trying to kind of get one over on my yeah. mom. My mom yeah. would get so mad she would send the other kid home. So now <laughs> that's a huge thing for me. Like if I hear another kid trying to like plot with my kid right. to get right. them to go, like to circumvent my rule right. of like, right. uh-uh, you're out. Nope, <laughs> that does not fly in this house. And it's so funny. It's like, it's it's etiquette, I guess. It's yeah. the way you treat authority figures, uh-huh. I guess. Um you know, I was never allowed to go look through people's fridges unless I'd been right. given right. explicit permission. But there are kids right. who will come over and go right to my fridge and yeah. start going through it. Yeah. And I stand there with my mouth dropped open. It's like I have this kind of ragey response to it. And I have to yeah. kind of rein that in because, again, like in some houses, it's open door. In our house, it is open season, but only after I've said it's open season. Right, right. And it's different if it's house guests who are staying for the weekend and right. if it's just some kid I have never met. Right. Totally. Who just wandered in off the street. So the last one I'll, I'll say about, which is a non-negotiable for me, probably because of my mom, was that we were never allowed to appear to or actually invite ourselves over to someone else's house. Mm, interesting. And that's a tricky one with kids because yeah. sometimes you want the invitation and kids right. don't care. So they're right. all like, hey, right. ask your mom if I can whatever. Right. And you know, so one of my kids will say, can I call my friend Brayden and ask if I can spend the night at his house. I was like, you can't do that. I mean, you can call mm-hmm. him and see what mm-hmm. he's up to. Mm-hmm. And if his mom invites you, great. Mm-hmm. Or if we have a discussion about you guys getting together and it comes down to whose house is going to be the house, right. that's fine too. But you can't just call and ask to stay over. Right. I'm sorry, son. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you putting people on the spot and it's rude. Um, but sometimes it's like, so, you know, they'll say, but why is that rude? And this right. other thing isn't. Right. And I can't, right. I can't even really say. It's no, just... I, I... <laughs> Do you have yeah. any of those? Uh, I'm loving all of these because I'm just <laughs> realizing how just the bit of age difference between our kids is that so many of these in terms of um, social stuff is not come up for us yet. Although yeah. I will say I it's have It's going to start really of- soon though with Allegra. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and we're, you know, I've talked about our neighborhood. So the kids are getting more independent about going to each other's houses. But the, uh, the difference is as moms, we're still very much involved in the planning, you right. know, so they're not making their own plans yet. But um, one of the things that I had on the list to discuss was being what it means to be a guest and what it means to be a host. And I will say we, I talk to my kids a lot about that. When we are at somebody's house, what does it mean when you're the guest, you know, and we haven't gone so far as like, don't open the fridge because that, you know, my kids are just young enough that they wouldn't do that yet. yet. But, but I love that that's, you're just giving me things to think about to kind of expand on that topic. So we, we always, I mean, I've always made a big deal about what it means to be a guest and also what it means to be a host and little things for little kids, you know, like when somebody when you go to somebody's house, we always find one of the hosts to say thank you before we leave. Even if it's like a casual play date, yeah, I just say, go too. find a host and they know they can find any kid. Like it could be like a three-year-old who lives in the house and just say, thank you for having me over. Or yeah. Whatever. It's the principle of the thing at that point. It's like yeah. acknowledging, um, you, you know, that, that they put you up, that they, right. you know, yes. Right. And we have fun with it when we're the host, even if it's like casual, like my family, you know, they know they can help offer 
you know, what does everybody want to drink or what, you know, to help make guests comfortable. So I, I mean, we're not, we're not to so many of the situations you've talked about, but I do that like that idea of starting early with what are, and it's different for everybody. Your, your, you know, things might be different than mine, but what does it mean to be a courteous guest? And what does it mean to be a courteous host? Because those situations will come up until infinity. Yeah, they will. So this is something that I find really, um, and actually just wrote a post about being a good host this week that that. we can link to in the show notes as well. Um, It was part of the Kimberly Clark partnership. But the, I feel like it depends a lot, first of all, on the context. So there are homes that we're invited to where it's casual. Like if I go to Jenna's, uh, my sister-in-law and my brother, uh, John's house, we walk in, we don't even knock on the door. That's our, we have an open door policy. We might kind of, Bust it open a little bit and go knock knock, but yeah. we don't we don't knock. Yeah. It's never when when we first started all hanging out regularly and and lived in the same town, uh, moved to the same town. We all had little babies, and you didn't knock because that might make a dog bark, and right. if a dog barks, right. the baby might wake right. up from a nap. Right. And then it just kind of became this, you know, we just walk into each other's houses. It's kind of like our second house. That's very different, obviously, <laughs> from a, a friend from school or somebody that you don't know as right. well. So some of it's context, but mm-hmm. that also. It also extends to things like, okay, if you're at a party, and this is something that sometimes I struggle with a little bit because I don't always know exactly what the polite thing to do is depending on who the person is. Um, Mm -hmm. Say you're at a person's house and it's not really like a a dinner event or like, you know, snacks and stuff aren't really part of it and your kid is hungry and is sitting there doing that thing where they're standing next to your chair whispering, mom, I'm hungry, mom, I'm hungry. So, um, you know, it's kind of like part of me thinks it's rude to ask, you know, if, but... I know that I would always want to know right. if somebody in my house was uncomfortable in any way. I'd want to know so right. that I can help them, right? And and so I can feed them. And maybe I just haven't thought to put the cheese and crackers right. out yet or whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> and then that will remind me. So I sort of err toward, you know, me being the one to then say, okay, let me talk to the host because uh-huh. I don't want my daughter blurting out in front right. of all these other kids like, can right. I have a juice box? And then right. it turns out they only have right. three. Right. Um, so I might say something like, were you planning on putting out snacks? I mean, I feel like that gives me a little bit of control over the way it's sure. asked so you don't have right. a kid kind of getting up in the host's face. Right. But in some houses, it's just no big deal. And I might say Clara to Clara, hey, just ask, you know – to my other good friend Missy if if she's putting out snacks or not right. or you right. know or I maybe brought something is it okay for me to put it out right so that's that's kind of like being a guest one of the things I feel like you take the cues from your host mm-hmm. but you don't always assume that they know exactly what you need sometimes you have to tell them and that's I really true. appreciate when my guests tell me what they need because I don't always know and I want right. everyone to be comfortable right um so then what does that mean about being a host? So we host a lot, uh, but we are very informal hosts. And and one of the, the thing I wrote about in the post was kind of what I feel like are the essentials to being a good host. Um, uh-huh. And for us, it's things like making sure everybody, especially if they're overnight guests, like making sure people have a modicum of personal space. And mm-hmm. in our house, that might mean that they have, you know, usually what that means is our kids will clear out of a bedroom and give the guest a bedroom. And and our kids are just expected to just go along with that. Right. I don't want to. Yeah, hear I like that part of your post. I don't want to hear any that's, guff about it. Yeah, that's how we are too. <laughs> it's just it's just part of what you do when you're in a family and yeah. when you have friends, and it's an important thing for us. So you know, nobody likes to give up their space, but um, it's not permanent. And and if it means making somebody else more comfortable, then you do it. And luckily, none of our kids complain. But. I have to say all of our kids have also gotten used to sharing space because we've had a lot of them and they've always right. been they've always been required to. So I think right. it's just never really been that big of a deal in our family whereas a kid mm-hmm. who's always had his own bedroom maybe that might be a bigger deal. So right. um that's definitely something that's a consideration. But just those little things that make people comfortable like making sure there's toilet paper in the bathroom. Right. Because who wants to come out and say uh I just used up the last year toilet right. paper. Right. Nobody wants to have to be that person. Right. <laughs> or worse yet, you're in there and you're like, uh-oh. Right. There's no toilet paper. <laughs> um, making sure there's hand soap, hand towels, um, things like that. I just feel like are the little things. Everything else, you know, the centerpieces and the, and the fancy well, and, food. And the kids and will that. pick up, like we've talked about with other things, it's sort of like the cumulative memories that the kids will have about how you were. And you're right that being being laid back and being welcoming is probably the most important, quote unquote, manners or etiquette lesson that they're going to pick up, Uh Um, you know, and then maybe some little things like offering, you know, having the snacks out or having the, you know, 
the towels folded and all of that. Um, and I think including, including them in those chores, I feel like that's one area where I already delegate is when we're yeah. getting ready for guests, you know, I mean, Allegra is sort of like nurturing and domestic. So she likes things like, you know, her room's the one that she gets booted cause it's the guest <laughs> right. room. So she like, I mean, she likes it, like just wiping down the surfaces and folding the towels for yeah. the guest. And so, um, you know, more than, more than anything else, it's probably those little things that they'll remember. And well, then just the vibe of, yeah. you know, having. And because then they get the idea that having people over is an important part of our lives and it's, it matters to us how, right. it, how it's done. It's funny because I've had Clara now. Clara is, I mean, we've talked about how, how our kids are around other people and, yeah. and how they call us out. She is like the truth teller. <laughs> so I've just realized that like, she'll, she, she talks all the time. And she talks to strangers and she talks yeah. to everybody. She'll talk their ear off. And she just always wants content, like right. conversational content. So she uses everything. Right. And so she has no filter at all. Um, not that she <laughs> needs one at six, but it's just funny because someone will come over and she'll say, we cleaned the whole house just for you. Yeah. <laughs> and they kind of look at me and I'm like, okay, you know, I mean, you know how it is when you have company. It's the best time to get stuff done in your house because yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, clean the house. Um <laughs> There's no fooling anyone that the house looks like this. Exactly. All the time. <laughs> exactly. And and just it's funny, but I like it too because it's like she recognizes mm -hmm. and the kids will sometimes see me madly clean. They're like, oh, who's coming over? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they know that that's a big thing. And even like our older kids, um, who don't they don't have the benefit of getting to really hang out with the younger kids, the kids of yeah. our friends, because we had kids before most of our friends and most people our age. So our 15 and 17 year olds are always kind of the older kids now lurking about. So they don't always even get the benefit of having similar aged kids to right. hang out with just because we happen to be having a get together. But even they find a way to kind of enjoy it. Like they, yeah. I think, enjoy kind of watching us get together with our friends and be loud and goofy and, and all that kind of stuff. And they'll make little funny remarks and they'll walk in and kind of roll their eyes at us and stuff. But they, I mean, they get it. They like, they, they see why having hosting people and having family and friends involved in your life is important and, and right. what you have to do to right. make them feel welcome. I love that. Yeah. I love that. All right. I would love to, um, switch gears if you're good oh, with yeah, that I'm up and that. talk about, so I want to talk about table manners. At oh home. God. <laughs> um, cause I, okay. I want to know what dinner at the, at your family's house is like, and I don't mean like a fancy dinner where everybody's supposed to be right. like mind their P's and Q's. I mean like, how are you teaching even just simple table manners, not perfection with, with a variety of kids ages? Because I feel like, like I, I'm talking specifics. Like I want to know, do you guys put dishes on the table and say, please pass that? Cause I'm still for the most part, oh, okay. like setting up plates for at least, one or two of the kids ahead of time because I, it's just easier for me to cut things up and stuff. Yeah. So like, I'm very curious what like an actual weeknight dinner looks like from a manners perspective. Are you guys, do you, you know, if you were all, I know not every night you can sit down at the same time, yeah, but no, if you no. were, is yeah. there please pass the, is there, are there napkins yeah. in your lap? Are there rules? So, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for real. I, I would, yeah, for, I'm going to be for realsies on this one. I would love to say that that we had really great table manners in my family because that's a, that's one of those things that when I was talking earlier about the things that I thought would be really important to me um, that didn't somehow translate <laughs> as well as I would have hoped, table manners is one. And I think, honestly, it's because we always had a baby or a toddler who had to be dealt with while the older kids were just kind of right. in a well, lot of ways spending for themselves. That's I want to know. <laughs> well, so here's what happens. The good news is even older dogs can be taught. So my teenagers know if we're at a restaurant, the napkin goes in your lap. You know, they know how to eat with their mouths closed. Mm -hmm. They know how to not scrape the food off with their right. teeth. Although if my husband could learn that, that would be awesome. That's like one of those ugh, pet peeves. Um, they know, you know, how to ask politely and not to reach. I mean, they know how to do all that stuff. And they'll do it when we're out and about. But right. when we're sitting at home, sometimes it is a little bit like a zoo. And I mean, I have to tell my oldest son not to eat with his hands. <laughs> he knows how to use utensils. He just likes, like, he likes to eat peas with his hands. Right. I don't know. And I'm like, Jacob, that's so disgusting. What are you doing? You know, are we, you know, and I say all the classic stuff, like, were you born in a barn? Right. And, you know, right. it's just, it can go a little feral. Yes. around our dinner table on a typical That's Tuesday really night. That's really encouraging to hear, actually. I'm um, probably so not good. just for me. Well, I'm glad because for me, it was a big bummer for a long time. And I think I finally just kind of got over it and thought, 
does this matter when we're all just being ourselves and we're at our houses? I mean, does it matter that there's, you know, crumpled up napkins next to each kid or if they're sharing napkins? Like sometimes right. like only one will bother to get right. one. And we usually right. use cloth napkins. Yeah. So like too. there'll be one in the middle of the table and a kid will grab it and then like yeah. another kid will snatch it from them. And I'm just kind of sitting there just looking up and thinking we're all, ha- we're all here together. We're all here together. What matters? What matters? And yeah. it matters more that we're, that nobody takes the last helping Right. Without checking, which our kids are really good at. So they're really good at so the stuff like... But that's a good example. Yeah. Like, again, I, we haven't even started really serving family style yeah. um, because I'm still... I'm not making separate meals. Like, like right. you, you've talked about this. is like if you have a picky eater or a younger eater, you're just sort of like modifying everything. Exactly. And I'm so good at it at this point that I just know... And my husband knows, like, if there's two plates with ketchup on it and one plate with not, we know who likes ketchup. You know, you're just sort of, like, prepping everything so that you have any hope of sitting down at the same time for five minutes, you know. So, but I, I, you know, I do think ahead to those next phases. And I, you know, we had, we had some, like, pretty well-established table rules when I was growing up. um, And my parents weren't really... Um, very old fashioned about a lot of different manners or etiquette, but I feel like table manners had pretty high expectations. And I probably remember that because I'm the oldest. So I was always, I mean, they were still reminding younger ones. So I had the benefit of all those years of hearing the rules, but we were like no elbows on the table, no leaning back in your chair, napkin on your lap. Those were like some of the big ones. We always asked to be excused and my kids do that actually. And that's kind of like a really old fashioned thing. Yeah. They, they just say, I mean, they just like, it's like, they don't even think about it. Maybe excuse, please, you know, but yeah. we did that growing up. So it's kind of funny because that's kind of a one area where I feel like my parents were not, not strict isn't the right word, but had some, some maybe traditional mm-hmm. expectations, whereas in other areas, I don't think they did, but. Well, and it's so funny how, you know, I think it just goes to show you that there really is no right or wrong. Um, we all do things a little bit differently. And it a, a lot of times depends on our family of origin and then also our husband or, you know, our wife or spouse's right. family of origin. So, um, and it can become kind of a mashup and then we have to take it and make our own twist on it. And sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get through the day, right? right? And I think that a lot of doing what I had to do to get through the day when we had five small children has now spilled over into this kind of frenzied, dinner thing. And so what I've chosen to focus on for most of the kids, and I don't want to make it sound like they're just animals. It's just a little less, it's a little less sometimes formal formal than I would like. Um, I think what the ones that I've chosen to really focus in on are the ones that apply all the time. And that's, you don't say yuck when someone serves you something because that would make someone else feel bad. You don't, um, you know, you don't leave the table without finishing the conversation and checking with your parents, whether that's, can I be excused or can I get up or can I walk away from the table now? Um, you don't make fun of each other at the table. You don't, yep. the same things apply. And just like with not taking the last helping, it's because it's something that might matter to somebody else. So right. let's make sure we take an, a reasonable helping. And, you know, right. um, that's not to say I don't have to remind the kids about those things sometimes, but those are ones that I think have been pretty consistent. It's just things like using, you know, let alone the correct utensil. Let's just right. use a utensil for goodness sakes, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I think is a little rougher in our house than I would like. And it's something that we're slowly working on. And I know the kids can do it because when we go to a relative's house yes. or a restaurant, they do it. They yes. know what they know what good manners in an etiquette sense. So look you're like. probably even doing those little reminders more than you think. Or it's just been ingrained in the expectations that you set and the I'm examples sure right. that you set. They hear me, they just don't always you know, it's going in one ear and right. not the other, but a little part of it does stick right. in their heads and they hear it and they know, right. I mean, they know what I want. They, by the time a kid's 17, 18 years old, they've, <laughs> they know, they've been around the block enough times to know that, you know, no parent wants them sitting there chowing with right. their mouths open and right. I'll hear them correct each other. It was actually funny yesterday. I heard Owen saying to William, would you just stop? You know, it was, they were just having a snack right. and he said, would you stop chewing with your mouth open, please? And William's like, you know, William said, what? I wasn't. And Owen said, well, at school now we're playing the, um, a game, like how long can you chew with your mouth closed? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure who started that little game around the cafeteria <laughs> table, but whoever that person was, I they're thank keep, them. Yes, they're keeping each other in check. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. 
It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. And, you know, it's totally takes probably longer than we think. I'm thinking of like, you know, you have certain expectations of what like a six, seven, eight year old can do. That doesn't mean they're going to do it all the time or even a yeah, 15, 16, 17. Totally right. So I feel like maybe one of the lessons is not not to judge yourself on any one behavior at any one meal, but just like everything else, stay the course. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and you know, it's funny how you mentioned, um, you know, your parents kind of formality about dinner growing up. When I was growing up, uh, we always had dinner at the same time every night, very much like you sat till everyone was done. You you know, it was just, it was not super formal, but it was definitely formal. There were standards. There was some standards. Yeah. And I think we were either not a put your lap uh, napkin in your lap family, or else I just somehow missed that. <laughs> like, didn't Maybe notice it. Maybe because you're the youngest. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, very possible. There was always someone to wipe your face. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? I bet you my <laughs> napkin was always wadded up next to my plate, just waiting for someone to wipe my face. And I was a super messy eater when I was a kid, too, like terribly messy. I wore a bib until I was five. Like one of those bibs with the big thing on the bottom that catches like the oh, hard awesome. plastic yeah. ones oh, that yeah, catch yeah. the food totally as it falls. Yeah. yeah, I had to wear that. I, there's pictures of me at five years old wearing that bib. I remember my mom kind of shaking her head and saying, I can't believe I have to put this on you, but it's spaghetti <laughs> night. So um, <laughs> I'm not that bad anymore, but I still make a lot of mess with crumbs. I think it wasn't until I went to the prom at, you know, 16 or whatever and sat down and noticed that everybody around me at this restaurant had their napkins oh, in their lap. And suddenly I was like, wait, was I supposed to be doing this all along? And I just somehow missed the memo. And ever since then, yeah, I put my napkin in my lap every right. single time. But up until that moment, it was like everyone in the world knew something that I didn't know. It was actually kind of a strange moment for me. <laughs> so I think sometimes no matter what you do and how closely you think you're paying attention and, and how many times you say something, it doesn't click right. until it clicks. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, man. Well, okay, so that's a great, um, I have a great, yeah, that's a great segue into, I'm going to tell you a couple other things I want to talk about. And because of time, maybe we can cherry pick. There's not a ton, but I'm so curious about this. So um, one of the things I want to talk about is how kids uh, learn to interact with adults. And I have a couple, one is sort of respecting your elders and that idea, Um, calling people Mrs. and Mr. if you do that or if you don't do that. And just not just that, but also how to interact with adults in certain situations, like how to order for themselves at a restaurant or how to like ask an adult a question who they don't know. Um, I think a lot of kids are, if if they've never had practice doing that, like they're petrified of making a phone call or going up and 
Um, so kind of that whole, that whole genre of teaching them to interact with adults that aren't close friends and family. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I'd also love to hear your thoughts on, um, raising all the boys that you have and whether you subscribe to, or have taught them certain like chivalry, like opening the door, holding the door, or if you don't, or if you have Mm -hmm. thoughts on that. So that's another place we could go. Um, I think those are the two, the two big areas. So I, I invite you to jump in. Let's start with the the adult one. Cause I think that's a really good one. Um, Mm -hmm. I have to say this is something where I've been a little bit torn and uncertain. Um, I don't like it when people call me Mrs. Anything. First of all, I go by my maiden name professionally Mm -hmm. and personally, um, but legally my last name is the same as my kids and also the same as my mother-in-law's. And I don't – to me, she's Mrs. Dodson and I'm Megan. Right. (laughs) Um, I know that that's a very generationally typical feeling to have. It's jarring for me for a kid – now, they can sometimes call me like – I think it's really cute when someone calls me like Mrs. Owen's mom. <laughs> I think that's cute. And also I respect that there are parents who absolutely think it's important for kids to call it, you know, other adults ma'am or Mrs. Dodson right. or whatever. And that's fine. I don't – it doesn't like – it's not like I'm super bothered by it. Um, it's just not how I would ever introduce myself right. to someone. Right. So I kind of let other parents – you know, take the lead Mm -hmm. on what they want their kids to call me. And likewise, I will often ask if someone has a preference Mm -hmm. and often they do. And often it's just like my preference, you know, I know. Um, and you kind of have to do that right at the beginning. That's what I found. Yes, you do. Otherwise I've thought about this way more than the average person. Um, but it's, it is helpful to do that at the beginning. Otherwise you're they left get used with that like, uh, yeah, awkward. And then they yeah. get used to calling you something maybe you don't want to be called, or, you know, they get used yeah. to calling the other person something they don't want to be called. Um, so I, again, you know, I, I think it just keeps coming back to courtesy. What is it that somebody else wants to be yes. called? Then call them that. It doesn't right. have to be about you all the time yes, and what your thoughts and ideas are about the way the world should work. Because guess what? The world doesn't work the way you right. <laughs> want it to all the time. And people have different ideas about things. And, and there's, totally cer- there's a certain amount of when in Rome too, then that's yes. good for kids to yep. learn if they are in a more formal situation or a lot around a lot of very yes. like senior, literally like generationally older people, yeah. um, that it's not a bad idea to give your kids a pep talk. Like at this party, we are going to, you know, just assume that we're going to call people Mr. And Mrs. And I'll introduce yeah. them that way. And, yes. you know, even if that's not the way that you normally operate, um, it's not a bad thing to kind of teach them to, to, Take that when in Rome. I mean, that's like back to like cultural manners, yep. you know, in certain cultures, belching is polite after exactly. a meal. You know, that's like exactly. the example. It's the difference so. between manners and etiquette, right? It's the difference right. between it's it's doing what makes other people at ease and comfortable. Right. Um, and I think it's funny that I, I don't feel like this was a thing when I was growing up. This must be like a newer – and it often is people with preschool-aged kids – who will have their kids call me Miss Megan. Okay. So I have to, this is like, (laughs) uh, this is a thing for me. (laughs) Is this a pet peeve? (laughs) It's, it is, um, it's like a phenomenon in my life. So first of all, okay, I have to back up. This is okay. So I grew up not calling any adults, Mr. or Mrs. Except our teachers at school. And my brother and sister went to a very progressive private middle school where even the teachers were called by their first names. So like I just grew up in very laid back Southern California yeah. in the eighties. Like it just was not no no there were no Miss Sarah's or Miss Megan's that was It's a very you know, Southern thing, isn't it? I, I don't it's, I think it's Southern, but I think yeah. it's spread. So Oh yeah, then, it definitely has spread. The first time I was called Miss Sarah was when I taught dance when I was like in my twenties. And even then I didn't like it. I would I would just rather be called Sarah. You know, or some my, or, or like or Mrs. I would Powers. almost rather be called my formal like Mrs. Powers yes. or then Ms. Weisel as it was than Miss Sarah. And even then, but that was a that was a thing in like dance or any of like the preschools, like you said, preschools, dance, the extracurriculars where it was like a halfway sign of respect. But yes, I think that's very spread, much what it's like. And I think it's at least here, I feel like it is the norm because maybe yeah. because no one does Mr. and Mrs. anymore. So it's like a meet you halfway. It very I, much feels like that to me. It's like a, a so uncomfortable for me. And I just, I basically let my kids call their, our, you know, their friends' moms by their first names. No, I, I'm just going by the assumption that no one's offended because these are like casual relationships. And right. if it's truly formal, I would prefer that we err on the side of Mr. and Mrs. I Like, I don't know why. <laughs> well, you know, I can tell you why for me. Um, 
first of all, Miss something, and it's always Miss, it's never Ms. Megan, is what I believe in like a traditional Southern culture, you would call a a teenage girl or like a young girl. You'd call, you know, if you were, you know, the help or (laughs) a servant or someone coming over to court or whatever, it would be, you know, not even courting. You'd call her by her last name if it was courting. It would be like a, like almost like a servant child relationship. And also my family. like master with the boys, right? Exactly. Like master William and Miss Clara. Yeah. My, my (laughs) friends or my um, family, when I was growing up, especially my aunt Paula, jokingly called me Miss Megan and it was kind of like I was the youngest Mm -hmm. and so oh here comes Miss Megan it was sort of like diminutive it just yeah I agree um, it wasn't something you call a grown 37 year old woman yeah let's just put it that way and I do feel like it's people trying to be polite and have that that honorarium or whatever you would even call the miss in the miss or the missus and the miss but not wanting to make the error of calling you by the, the wrong last name, since a lot right. of people yes. use their maiden names, and you're never right. sure if the name, the family right. name fits, um, and not wanting to be too formal, it's kind of created this mashup. But because of kind of where I know it came from, and I don't think that that I don't know that a lot of people even necessarily know that. I think I right. I read Gone with the Wind a lot. Right. <laughs> you know, um, and because of people called me that when I was growing up, I, maybe if you didn't know that, it would right. seem kind of like a compromise. But to me, it just feels odd. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And also, I always think of pre- – and I know this is unfair, but I think of preschool teachers as being very young. Yeah. Um, Ours are. <laughs> yeah, like in their early 20s. Yeah. And it seems like, and that's okay. And like, that goes back to the dance teacher thing too. I didn't even yes. like it when I was a 23-year-old right. dance teacher teaching four-year-olds ballet. I, I, I actually didn't even like it then, but that's what it makes me think of. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm 37. I am not Miss Megan. However, mm-hmm. if – I'm not going to say anything about it. If a kid calls me Miss no. Megan – and okay. I think, again, going back to if that's what their moms want them to do, right. that's totally or that's fine. What they, probably that's what they learned in preschool. I really yes. do think that's where a lot of it comes from. I think kids learn to address teachers that way in preschool, and then the, the parents hear it and think, you know, we're all looking for a rule sometimes. Right. And if that's something and you not want to, to like, oh, look, these teachers taught my kid to call them Miss, you know, Miss yeah. Sarah. So that must mean that's the acceptable way to do it. That's when right. I, how I'm going to have them address people from right. now on. I get it. I mean, I, you know, we're all looking for that, like. Sure. What does everyone want from us kind of thing sometimes. So it's just, it is funny that we both have the same feelings about that. Sarah, yeah, I have, yeah and I just, in the, and then I feel like there's a wide gap between the formality of Mr. or Mrs. Powers or Mrs. Dodson yes. and a straight up first name. So I, even though the Miss Sarah bugs me, I actually, sometimes it feels like safe because, um, it feels very familiar for little kids to call another adult by their first name, especially early in the relationship. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like as a society, we need like a new plan, man. We but do. <laughs> I will, to wrap up on this topic, I will just exactly like your um, napkin in the lap, like the exact same scenario, only this is me going to college in the Midwest where there's a bunch of not just Midwesterners, but a lot of New Yorkers and, and um, like Northeast and New England people, kids and meeting my New Jersey roommate's parents for the first time and Mm. full on calling them Neil and Judy without even thinking like without even without like you said like not even thinking that it was a problem and they they're wonderful and are we're not offended but they were surprised right (laughs) this like they're like who is this California kid yeah totally and like and then hearing you know picking up soon after that that was maybe not that was a little presumptuous like I could have at least asked or at least like tried to right. do the other and then had them invite me to call them by their first name. Um, but that same exact moment. And yeah, I like, you don't know until you know. And so, right. you know, part of it is figuring things out. They're blundering, you right. know? So, right. um, which I, we have a few minutes still, right? Oh yeah. 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 I was, okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, I wanted to address the next thing that kind of ties in with that, which you were talking about is teaching kids to interact with adults. Yes, and this I is like something this yeah, this is something where um, I have been pretty adamant about I don't want to have the kid who can't make eye contact. Yes. And I, can't, I think you and I are yeah. like 100% on the same page on this <laughs> yeah. one. So I've found little ways, and a lot of this depends, you know, on your circumstances and where you live and your kids' ages. But when Jacob and Isaac were, I, I want to say they were like six and eight the first time we did this, we just gave them five bucks and sent them down to the gas station mm-hmm. to get to buy something. And it was funny because they came back. And you could just see their personalities already playing out. Jacob <laughs> Jacob handed me back the $5 and he had candy. And I said, well, where'd you get that from? And he said, this guy in line bought it for me. And I said, well, well, why? 
And he said, I don't know. I was just talking to him. And I guess he just thought maybe I didn't have money or he thought I was cute or something. So he paid for my candy. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, Isaac was like his sidekick who said nothing. It was, it, it was hilarious. It was like their personalities could not, you know, Jacob's always the one right. who's somehow figuring out the workaround or getting right. people to do stuff for him. Right. He's and an Isaac, you know, yeah. he has the $5 bill. If he had been by himself, he would have walked in. He would have said hi to the guy, given right. him the money and walked out. I mean, it wouldn't have been, but it was, it was so funny. And that, that has played out like Jacob will come home with buckets full of chicken sometimes that he didn't pay for I'm like how did you get that chicken he's like oh I don't know the lady at the at the you know corner store said it was like she was about to get rid of it so she just gave me this bucket of chicken I was like how come you're always in the right place we have we do have a corner store where they sell chicken but (laughs) I don't know if that's a common thing um but I guess they're all very in their own ways which is completely related to their own personalities really comfortable with adults and they've just been surrounded by adults and I've always expected them to deal with stuff themselves. I'm not going to go up, you know, and help you figure this out. Like, I'm not going to be the, the parent, you know, with little, little kids is one thing. Right. But like, would you ever go to Chuck E. Cheese or a place like that? Right. Where they have to like turn in their tokens or they right. have to turn in their right. tickets and get the right. prize. Why right. would I want to be involved in that terrible process? Right. It's torture. <laughs> it, is, it is one of the most terrible processes. So I might help them a little ahead of time just because I feel sorry for the guy up there who has to explain right. very patiently over and right. over why, you um, know. How many tickets? For five tickets, you can, get a, yeah. you can get a Tootsie Roll for five yeah. tickets. Nope. Yeah. You can't get the stuffed bear. That would yeah. be 500. Um, <laughs> so I might guide them and say, here's what you can get for this. Now take these up, hand them mm-hmm. to the man, and this is what you're going to do. And you have to guide them through that. But sure. But they, at a very, at a much younger age than I think a lot of parents assume, they can handle it. Yes, and, and they might they screw can, up. But yeah, right, exactly. Well, that was my point: is that yeah. they they need the practice. So that's a great time to do it. Is at Chuck E. Cheese or like letting kids. We let our kids order uh, at restaurant, casual restaurants for themselves, literally from when they can talk. And yeah. if they get if they get shy and don't want to, then that's obviously not a big deal. But if they if they you know, if the person can't understand them, we'll help right. repeat. But really, we don't we don't order for our kids after they're like two. You know, we yeah. show them what the options are and kind of have them ready so they're not like, uh, you know, so yeah. they know what they yeah. want. And then, but little like little bits of practice like that over time add up because you do you see older kids who are very uncomfortable in those kinds of adult interactions. And the other thing is, I think when you when you let them do stuff like that, you learn like where they could use a little support. Right. Um, so like, for example, another example about that has to do with Isaac, um, he's, he's a shy kid and mm-hmm. if you know him, he'll talk your ear off, but if right. you don't know him, he can be a little awkward and, and he doesn't say a lot. And so we figured out pretty early on when he was like four or five that he's a mumbler. Uh, mm-hmm. if you're at a restaurant, mm-hmm. he's the one who's kind of like looking down. Right. And, blah, blah, blah. Right. and so we had to really work with him to say, you know, look up, like make eye contact with the right. guy. Um, we used to, this is, this is kind of funny. If you, you have to be part of our family sometimes to understand the humor, but like we would call them like cheese hands because if you went to give them a, like a handshake, it would be sort of this like limp sort of, you know, damp, cheesy. I, this is the only way it was like, it was like shaking hands with a piece of like American cheese, but like the singles, you know, like the, yes, yes. Singles. the weirdest. <laughs> and so we had to kind of teach him. We're like, hey, old cheese hands, like we got to teach you how to do a real handshake because that's something you have to learn how to do at some point. And you have to look up and look at someone's eyes and, and yes. talk well, to them. Those, those two things are things I specifically remember being taught and being like reminded of going into a situation like let's remember how we shake hands and make eye contact. And that's, you know, I, I feel like that is one that I remember and that it does have to be taught and it has to yeah. be taught. Um, you know, you're not going to, I hope, not going to criticize your child in the moment while they're meeting someone. So it's got to be a little, it's always got to be beforehand or after mm. like, Hey, let's practice that handshake. Yeah. But I think it is, it, it's not necessarily like some of the things we're talking about, it might be acquired through sort of overall environment and peer pressure, like a napkin in your lap. But I think some of these are really probably better off taught. Don't you yeah. think? Like oh, that yeah. And there and, are adults with very weak handshakes and yes, who are there awkward, are. you know? And <laughs> yes. like, I am actually very glad that I learned how to me Shakes too. Me too. I, because I wonder sometimes so. if they know. Do they know right. that it's really uncomfortable to shake their cheesy hands? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's probably a good distinction. Where some right. of these will just most kids will pick up on them just by being around them, but right. some some do. They need do. To they be. require some some guidance, and and sometimes it can go. I have to say, like sometimes the comfort level with adults can become too comfortable. So like William, mm-hmm. who's eleven now, 
He's so comfortable with adults. I sometimes have to say to him, you know, honey, um, that you're coming off as a smart aleck. I know that's not your intention because it's really not. He's a very sweet kid, but like you're so dry and so sometimes he's so deadpan that he kind of comes off as a jerk to adults. And I have to say, you know, like, hey, I know that's funny when we're all in our house. Your sarcasm is hilarious. We all laugh at you all the time. So, of course, he feeds on that and thinks he can just do it anywhere. And it's like, but it's it's not time to do that when you're in line with the cashier. Right. She doesn't, you know, just, just respond like a polite human being, even if it's boring. Right. Save your sarcastic yeah. comebacks for your brothers. That's what yeah. we're here, they're here for. <laughs> and that's, so, you know, and that's yeah. age appropriate. It's so interesting how all of this is sort of like different at different stages, yeah. you know, that wouldn't be an issue. It's such like you have to start with the basic level. Like level one. And then those are much more subtle things, but things that he will be glad to know, you know, I think it's good feedback. Um, this is a, this is like a random interjection, but what about interrupting? We have a specific way to deal with interrupting both in the house and cause it's like a pet peeve of mine to be interrupted. And I would imagine with five kids, is it something that you guys address? Um, of course. I think it's something that we address constantly. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I have been known to put my hand over a kid's face when they're constantly, and then I'll, you know, when the other person is done, you know what, here's what I kind of do. And I, until you just asked this question, I didn't realize I had a strategy for it, but I will block the other person out who's interrupting. And sometimes that means physically like covering them (laughs) and I won't take my eyes away from the person I'm talking to. Like they get my attention. Right. Right. And then when they're done, I'll look at the person whose mouth I've been covering and say, (laughs) I'm sorry that I did that. That was kind of rude, but you were just interrupting. Your brother was talking, you know, you can wait two seconds. Um, they get it. They learn yeah. not to do it that is, after and a while. That, yes. And some of that is impulse control, right? It just yeah. gets better as you get older. But man, I it's like a total trigger for me. And I think, again, being the oldest, there were always littler, more impatient people interrupting. Yes. And I just remember like throwing my hands up and being like, I'm not talking. And this is like, yeah. as you know, as a teenager. Um, but um, when Reed started karate when he was really little, like four, they, you know how in martial arts, they teach them a lot of like, uh, respect and yes. sort of like self-discipline Discipline, skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the one that they did with interrupting really stuck. And it is just, it's not like the only people that teach it this way, but um, it's called the polite interruption. And the kids just go up and just gently place a hand like on your arm to let you know that they want to say something and they don't say anything. And I swear my kids do it. Yeah. Now, some days they'll stand there so long, like, get your, get your hand off. <laughs> like, why are you hanging on me? But if, um, for listeners out there, if you have little kids who are maybe a little bit more, uh, malleable or yes. to give them sort of a waiting skill, and then, you know, like you can kind of pat them back or even You're acknowledging them to say, yes, yeah. I, you know, I'll be with you in one moment, but I don't know why that one stuck, but it did. And it is nice. And my kids are pretty good about it. Even like an out and about, like other adults will see them come up and just put a hand on my forearm as I'm talking. And they're like, wow. And I'm like, That's I can't a really take good no strategy. credit. Oh, I like it's that. This Mr. Boggs. I might the- try that with Clara because she, she's the, the talker and yeah. the neediest and the youngest. Yeah. And yeah. she's the one who just, you know, it's mom, mom, mom. Right. And that's one thing I, <laughs> if I had to, if I had to say like a trigger for me, which is also does have to do with manners, um, is this idea that my kids have, which I'm still trying to train them out of, by the way, this is right. not easy stuff that wherever they are in the house, if they just say my name enough times, <laughs> You'll I'll come. come. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll have one kid in a bedroom, one kid in the living room, one kid in the kitchen. They're all like, mom, mom, mom. And I'll stop whatever I'm doing and say, I'm not going to yell and I'm not coming to you. Right. I'm not going to be beckoned. So yeah. if you need me, come to me. And I'll hear sometimes the kids correcting each other. Yeah. Like, um, didn't mom just say that yes. she's busy and cannot come help you right now? Or, you know, she's not going to come running in, dude. Why don't you go in there? But the, it's it's funny when they police each other but don't see it right. in themselves. Right. And um, I guess I feel like with stuff like that, uh, the biggest thing that I can do, if I feel like they're, they have an expectation of me that's rude, I just can't give into it. Because once I give into it once – right. It's over. You know? yeah. <laughs> Once I come running, if they yell my name in another room, um, of course, if it's like a mom, that's yeah. different. Mom, help. Um, but if it's just that mom, mom, and they don't even change. They just kind of escalate right. the volume a little well, bit. Well, like Reed will just continue talking like as if I can hear him. Like, right. you know, I'm like, <laughs> I can't hear you. I'm not. And I say the same thing. I say, well, what I usually say is. You can either come to me or I will be downstairs in about five minutes. So that's yeah. your choice. You may yeah. come to me or you may wait, but I cannot hear you and I yes. don't want to yell. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
<laughs> oh gosh. So did oh. was there something else we were like leading into that we didn't well, do you have do you have a three minute have you taught your older boys uh any sort of old fashioned rules of chivalry or are you oh, uh, postmodern beyond that? I'm just I curious. I have no right or wrong no, judgment. I, I didn't I haven't taught them anything like that. I, I feel like as far as like how to treat women, part of me really likes the idea. I like when a door is held for me. Part of me almost cringes at the idea of teaching that to my boys. It it does feel a little, I don't know. And I'm not like, a, I'm not a super, I, I mean, I'm a feminist, but I'm not, that's not like something that I really like hitch my wagon to. Like I'm not, you know, that's not a big, huge topic for me. Like chivalry, right? It's, I, I could take it or leave it. Um, I do think that there's a certain thing that the kids observe in the way people behave toward each other. So I will always hold a door open for someone behind me, whether they're male or female, I don't exactly. care. That's kind so of, it's yeah, not necessarily right. a male, female thing. And so I think that the boys are picking up on that. Right. And there's been times before where I'll say, Hey, grab that door. There's someone coming because kids are very self-centered. They don't always notice. Right. And I'm always scanning the environment looking right. for, you know, who needs something that I right. a well, need that I, I can mean, fulfill. I think that's, you hit the nail on the head, which is who, who would benefit from this door being held open? Is it a mom with a double stroller? Yes. Is it an older person? Is it, you know, a big family who just, it would be helpful to let them all go through at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're or, right. It, so it's or, not necessarily a male, female. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, um, but I, I did, I was curious. I did want to bring it up because you have a lot of boys yeah. and because, you know, you're raising teenage boys and yeah. that is something that it's not like you have to opt in or opt out of that. Right. No. Yeah. But, um, well, and I, I think for, um, specifically to like the holding the door open and, and other little niceties that I can't even really think of an example right now, but when you're out in public, it, again, it's like, if we're out, if we're at a restaurant, there's sometimes I'll just kind of look at one of my kids and kind of like give them a little, little nod and they'll see, they kind of clue into the situation and they'll hold the door for the elderly guy with the walker or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I kind of feel like if with a little prompting, uh-huh. they're very able to see what's going on around them and then react in a in a courteous way, which is right. kind of my goal. Right. As far as like them being boys and specifically to like their male-female relationships, the only really thing that I've tried to teach them is the way they talk about girls. And mm. that's something that's really tough, man. Those boys get together with their friends. It's not so much when there's just the boys at home. Right. But like when they get together with their friends and I kind of just overhear the way they casually – are just rude about girls. And it's not not real sexual stuff. It's not really what it is. It's just sort of this condescension or something that I just, that really is a trigger for me. And so we've talked about that many times. Um, And again, it's like, you hope they're getting it right. I mean, I was was a teenager. I said a lot of terrible things too. So it's about boys and girls. Um, Right. So, you know, again, I think if we had to kind of put a big bow on this conversation, (laughs) which I suppose we need to, it's that all (laughs) of this, yeah, it's that all of this is really about what's courteous to other people and, yeah. and really what makes other people feel good. And I think the rest of it is just window dressing. And I think there's, I think kind of two themes emerge, which is one is creating the environment where you treat each other courteously in your home and you have certain, mm-hmm. a certain environment in your home that they are exposed to over a long period of time, but that there are a few skills that you might decide are important to you. And those, it may be worth teaching those. So it's not either or. It's not You're like right. you have to teach your kids this set of rules and then the rest of the time goes out the window. And it's also not that just uh, exposure to the environment may not be enough. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, it totally does. But I think both are important. I think that kind of emerged because I'm thinking of things that I do want to take an active role in sort of teaching or talking about with my kids. But but that it's also, even even if you never mention the napkin in the lap, you'll get there eventually. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, I think yeah. both are true. There is hope. If, you're, if your house looks a little feral at dinner time right now, there's still there hope, is hope. For you. There is hope. I love it. Oh, this well, is awesome. Well, we, we need to wrap up. Um, we want to really quick say you can always go to themomhour.com and yep. find links to how to leave us a rating or review on iTunes. If you want to do that, that would be awesome. And we leave a really comment great... on the show notes and leave too a comment. for this one if you have feedback because we've been getting some really awesome comments and we're yeah. replying. And so the conversation can continue right there at themomhour.com. You'll find this episode and then leave a comment on that post. Easy. It's easy. It's very, very easy. So don't <laughs> be shy. All right. Thanks so much, Sarah. It's been great talking to you as Thanks, always. Megan. We'll be back great in a couple of weeks. All right. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. 
Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. 